Greetings from the Murder of Grey podcast. Where we look behind the curtain of our own minds. Alright, let's have some fun. Hello and welcome back to The Gray, where each week we guide you through the deep recesses of your mind to help you get a better understanding of yourself and how we think as a human race. Uh, We dive deep into these crazy moral dilemma questions that have plagued us over the ages and just try and make sense out of it all. So as always, I am Christian. And I'm Chris. And we are your guides this week, once again, through these fucked up questions. (laughs) So we have talked about like the big moral dilemma question before, right? That was actually in our first episode. We went over the trolley experiment, which is just a classic when it comes to moral dilemma questions. Um, But it's been equated to be part of the big three. And I felt like it would be a good idea to tackle the other two questions that are basically like the most common or most well-known moral dilemma questions. So that's what we're going to be doing today in this episode. Uh, We will be going over the baby problem and the prisoner's dilemma. Now, these questions are very interesting and they go, they're, they're perfectly worded to make it so that you really feel the weight of your decisions and it really tests your you know moral compass in a fun way so yeah i don't know i just love these kind of questions and i think that these are perfect examples of what a strong moral dilemma question is uh we did have some fun with a couple episodes back with the idea of the would you rathers as those being more bite-sized dilemmas like real quick easy ones but these ones are more of like head scratchers these ones are the ones where you leave like even with your answer you leave thinking ah, man, I probably, like, you just don't feel good, right? Like, yeah. th- there's no good way of answering these ones, um, which I think is perfect for this. And it, it really plays into the idea that we established in the first episode as well, like kind of bringing in those terminologies of being like utilitarianism or like being on the side of Kantianism, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, one one for the many or like the weighing the outcome versus the choice itself, right? You know, stuff like that. So these guys are like the perfect, perfect ways of dealing with it. And I, I remember actually hearing these questions first whenever I was taking a philosophy course in um, college. And it was like the the one class where I was actually like, ooh, this is really fun. And I'm not just trying to memorize a bunch of terms. And that's where uh, uh, psychology got really boring for me and why I kind of dropped out of that class personally. But because <laughs> I thought it was going to be more of like th- these kind of things where it's you're more of the idea of like uh, actual like debating issues and really diving into stuff instead of just learning terms, which I was like, eh kind of boring right like just didn't feel right so yeah anyway let's just go and dive right into these guys we're gonna be jumping into the baby problem now the baby problem is such a great little uh question because there are a lot of movies that have used the same trope one of them actually being the quiet place like i could tell that 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 whole movie comes from this question in general right so 
Here it is. Let me lay it out for you. I'm going to lay the scene, paint the picture, all right? So you, your baby, and your entire townspeople are being chased by this band of bad people who will kill you all if they find you. All of you decide to hide in the secret place and are silently waiting for the bad guys to move away. However, you know that your baby will cough and the band will hear him. Then they will find you, your baby, and the townspeople and kill all of you. So, you have two choices in this situation. And mind you, these choices are pretty extreme. And in a real world situation, you probably have a lot more choices than these two. But for this question and the purposes of it, here are your two choices. So, you can either A, kill your baby and save yourself and the entire town, or B, let your baby cough and get yourself, your baby, and the entire town killed. Discuss. No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. It's like, oh, God. So, like, that's what I, it's intense, right? And of course, of course, of course, there are other options available to you in a real world situation. But that's not the point of this question, right? Like, these, what I like about this question is, yeah, like in your head, you can be you can think of so many other ways of handling this, you know, like fight back or whatever. But I feel like these two choices really boil down to more of like real world situations of like what would probably actually happen in those situations. Like the, if you're already running and hiding, the chances of you standing your ground and just fighting are very, you know, unlikely at that point. Your opinion. back's against a wall, too, probably. So it's like, especially if this band of people have guns and all of you guys are just like, you know, mm-hmm. barefisted. It's like, you got, even if there was like 50 of you and like 10 of them, those 10 people will mow you down with guns unless mm-hmm. they're like handguns, then, you know, then your chances of surviving. But if these guys got an assault rifle, like, you're toast. Slim you know? none, right? Or if you if you kind of play into the idea of the quiet place, like you're being chased down by some creature that you have no idea what you're dealing with at this point, and any noise you make just triggers it, and it comes chasing you down and knows where you are. Like th- that is this situation a hundred percent, and uh, that's what I really enjoyed about the quiet place was that like you could feel the weight of every single one of their choices mm-hmm. at all times, and it made it that much more intense of a movie. Um, Especially with there being so little dialogue, which I think is beautiful in movies. And I love when a lot of these films are not afraid to do that, to have long segments in time where there really is no dialogue going on. But letting the actors uh, really play up the roles with their expressions and stuff like that to really make you feel the weight and the gravitas of each one of their choices. And this is that completely so if you if the idea of being mowed down by people like is a little disturbing for you you can just kind of flip it and change it where it's okay there's an alien that's coming after you that is triggered by sound like tremors right and if you make any noises it's going to find you what do you do in that situation how do you you know muffle the sound enough and who are you going to save so What's your initial like gut reaction to this? Like, are are you killing the baby, or are you gonna let the baby cough and try and figure out what to do after that? Honestly, it really depends on the situation, you know. Like going between those two, right? It's 
if it's like a, a monster that senses sound and you know after seeing quiet place and how they're able to kind of work their way around it and get around it i mean the possibility is a little bit better that way uh mm -hmm. going back to the people with the guns or you know weapons like that depending on the weapon if you have enough people in your town to take them on with of course some dying in the process i mean in that situation I would let the baby cough. Mm -hmm. If if the situation looks where it's like kind of impossible, like say they have guns or it's maybe like a monster or there's multiple of them and you really have no way of getting out. I mean, there's also the thing is like, are they going to leave? You know, because what if they just kind of like end up hanging out there and you kill your baby and then you're like, oh, well, I can't really leave now. Like, I just did this for no reason. Right. But on the situation of, you know, killing a baby, I look at it like this. At least it would be by my hands and not some stranger, which I know sounds terrible and it is. But I feel like having someone else kill, you know, someone so close to you mercilessly like it, it's worse you know and i mean in that situation i probably would if it meant like you know everyone is safe and everything even though it's fucking terrible but i mean yeah i mean i probably would in most situations, unless I look like I could take it, which probably wouldn't work out. What about you? So for me, I I have a hard time distinguishing between these two choices because I feel like the cause and effect is so set in stone with the way that the question is laid out, right? So it's either kill the baby and everyone is saved or let the baby live and cough and everyone dies. Like that's how the question is completely laid out where the cause and effect is so like set in stone and extreme. I mean, and, both scenarios, the baby would die. That's true. That is the one common trope between the two, right? It's just either you do it and then you happen to save everyone else. But like, I, I don't know if I could personally live with the idea of I killed my baby. Right. Like it's just I, I think at that point. So this is where maybe the parental idea or like the that part kind of kicks in that part of your brain might trigger in where mm -hmm. like the whole idea of you're not supposed to outlive your child. Right. At least yeah. that, that, that like, that's a big thing in my mind. Like I should not outlive my kid. My kid is the one that should be outliving me completely and at the same time that's also like i guess kind of like a selfish thought too and uh, because like oh i shouldn't be the one that has to deal with grief my kid should be the one that has to deal with the grief so it, it, i get like how that could be really difficult to at, at the same time right like i just i i don't think i could actually let myself do it and when it comes down to it when it really boils down to it um I have a feeling like in this situation, given like the global climate as it is right now, I feel like that choice wouldn't be yours to make. Um, I feel like the group around you 
would take that choice away from you. Yeah. M- meaning that they would just, no questions asked, they would just rip that baby out of your arms and, you know, protect the, everyone else from that. And I think that would be so devastating. And I think like it's hard to gauge what is worse to deal with because all these situations are just entirely horrible. But I, I think because like the parental, like, segment of my brain i don't have kids yet but like i i get it like i mean i i don't know it's just one of those things that like when i was taking care of my little sisters when i used to live with them like they're so much younger than me and like just thinking about the idea of like having to kill my little sister at that time because she could have been my kid at that time because of how big the age difference is like it i i couldn't there's no way I could like I would do everything I possibly could to make sure that my baby lives on, even if it means I have to die like that baby has to live on. Right. And I know that that's kind of like a it, like that's it's in, horribly selfish when it comes to, you know, the whole idea of the greater good and everything like that. But I don't think I can get past that like morally. And I don't think that I could be convinced otherwise. Um, And I'm not even in this like intense situation. Like in the heat of the moment, I think that that would that side of me would trigger even harder and just be like, get the fuck away from me. Don't you dare touch my kid. Right. Like, I think that's I I think that would be a problem. And I I think I would probably end up getting everyone killed. <laughs> I think in that like, situation, like if it actually really happened to me, I think I would end up being like you. Like I mm-hmm. would, you know, I would defend the kid because, you know, those people are going to turn on you. I, I know there's a movie out there. I swear I've seen one where kind of a situation was similar to that. And they waited until the parent was like not paying attention and they like restrained them. Oh, and geez. took the kid. I forgot what movie this was. I swear this was a movie. I, it sounds familiar, but like I totally see that situation happening. Like that is a legit situation that would happen nowadays. Yeah. Like, and that's horrible. And it wouldn't just be kids. It would be someone that's sick, right? And it would it could just be oh any person that's sick that would be putting that like the group in danger. They would be either killed on the spot or kicked out of their hidey hole. And forced to, you know, fend for themselves. And it just, yeah, I, I, I think that I would be in such like a fight, like the fight and flight side of it. Like I would be 100% like on the fight side. I'd be like, get the fuck away from me. Like, you know, like I would have to defend my child 100%. Yeah, I mean, thinking about it, you know. If you know your kid's going to cough because they're, like, prone to it or whatever, you could also, like, cover their mouth, you know? Like, if you really wanted to, and I know that sounds kind of mean, but say, like, you know, you rip a piece of your shirt to make, like... A muzzle? A muzzle or a bandana and just, yeah. like... Try and muffle put around it their as mouth. much as possible, yeah. Yeah, you could do that, you know, make sure they can breathe, of course. But, like, there'd be ways to get around it. And, I mean, I would obviously, like you know kind of try that first because it's like dude if you if it's muffled it's really hard to hear unless they're right over you Mm -hmm. and so i mean thinking about it i'm like okay like yeah i would try and like hold it you know but the thing is if any of those people like turn against you you're gonna make a lot of noise and you guys are gonna get caught 
Oh, it's going to be it's going to be an all out brawl. Trust me. In the end, like, I yeah. would probably stick and fight them. Like, yeah. Well, the, the thing is, like, what's so crazy about this dilemma problem and what I, I love about like these kind of bigger ones, like the I mean, these are the these are part of the big three, right? Like this mm-hmm. is a real world situation that happened. Right. Like this, this happened. And if you think about like with the Holocaust and everything like that, people hiding while being hunted and they have to make no noise. And there are people who were living in attics and basements and under baseboards and shit like that in just complete silence until they can find a way out. Like this shit happened and they had to deal with this problem on a daily basis. And the amount of stress would build up so much inside of you. Like, I I wonder at what point you would break I think, like, yes, our initial reaction would be, like, my baby's living, so get the hell away from me. But, mm-hmm. like, at what point, like, how many days, how much stress and, like, how much anxiety can someone take before it's too much? And, like, the idea of, like, weighing the situation out of, do you really want to raise your child in that situation? Do you want them to go through these hardships yeah. that you're going through when you don't even know if it's ever going to end? Right? Like... In, in, the, point. in those situations, like with the Holocaust, they didn't know if this was going to end ever. Like in in that, like you can't imagine a world. It's like okay, if we stick this out in two years, the war is going to be over. They're going to sign a peace treaty. Everything will be good. We can you know come out of hiding and live our lives. But like in that moment, every day is a constant reminder of like okay, we're still in this shit, right? And is it going to end tomorrow? Are we just going to be found tomorrow? It like it could just be random happen chance that it, they just happen to come across you. It doesn't even have to be that they made noise, but you just never know what's going to happen, right? Like you could accidentally like bump your head on the baseboards and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, they found us, right? Like it just takes that one little slip up and having your mind constantly filled with so much anxiety and stress, like you're going to like foul up eventually, and like that's a lot of it's a lot to weigh when you're trying to think like do you even want your kid to be raised in that high of a stress of an environment and what is that going to do to them in the long run i mean think about like this too you know it's what if say in a different situation they are like think about like post-apocalyptic right like raiders or something Mm -hmm. and they look at the people and you know they they steal children they do all that kind of stuff torture them and all that and you know obviously they're gonna kill you and like parents and stuff it's like in that situation it's like would you rather killing your kid or risk you know, being a life of tortured hell with these people, you know? Yeah. And who's, I mean, to say that's that kind of a different gonna... situation, but it's true. Like, I mean, who's to say that they're even going to kill the kid? What if they just kidnap the kid? Yep. Right. And then they get raised to be one of these crazy bandits that's going around doing the same shit and like causing these same issues for other families in the future. Like that, that could happen too. Right. Like the way or... it's, Mm. They could learn about their past and be like, fuck mm. this. And right. they revolt. They rebel and they create a mini rebellion within the group, which I mean, long in the long, long, long run, that would probably be the most ideal situation that you could potentially get out of this. Right. Like there, yeah. there is no good that can come from this. And 
like I feel horrible for a lot of the survivors of the Holocaust and stuff like that, where like they that constant feeling of loss and like stress has to be there. Like that, that can't have gone away ever. Even if it was something that they dealt with when they were young, like if children are so impressionable, like it would be in the back of their mind constantly. And it would just create such a weird sense of anxiety and like, I guess like a, a need to do something would be there because of the situations you live in. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, but I, I ultimately, ultimately I feel like I can't in, in the situation that is laid out here, I can't kill my baby. I think what I would end up doing is, even though it's not one of the choices, I feel like I don't even think I would be with the townspeople. Like, I would be on my own with my family. Yeah, that's, I'd rather be like that anyway, you know? Yeah. A situation like that, I'd rather just fend for my own, because the more people around you, the more chances of something, you know, messing up just going wrong right like they say there's safety in numbers but when there there might be safety from an outside threat but the safety from an inner threat there is none right like the chances of a like a inside threat someone threatening your family would be so much higher than a bandit finding you in my opinion yeah because like no one's like there's going to be someone there who has no one that's not going to think rationally who's going to just inst- like live off pure instinct and just react to the situation and they're they're going to be on the side of kill the baby and you're going to have to combat that and there's going to be nothing that you can say or do to stop them or change the way they're thinking in that situation because of how dramatic it is and what they're dealing with at that time so it's that's a tough one i i i can't i don't think i could kill my baby yeah, thinking about it now, I don't think I could either. Just because the possibilities of being able to fend a certain way or a different way, I I feel like I actually changed my mm-hmm. opinion yeah. on that one. Yeah. Well, all right, that is a hard, that, that's a tough one, right? Like we went into like a pretty deep one, but let's let's dive into something a little bit more lighthearted before we hit the 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 third of the trifecta of like the ultimate moral dilemmas we're going to be venturing again into the world of am i the asshole and the answer usually is yes (laughs) if you have to ask but with this one i found a very interesting am i the asshole where i side with the the poster i don't think they are the asshole i think that the person that they were dealing with is disturbing on many levels and they are the asshole so let's get into this and i think that the the title of this is such a weird one and it's what drew me to it i was like what the hell are they talking about and the more i read about this i was like this is just a disturbing story and it's i wanted to throw in something fun because i knew that these two questions would be pretty intense right so let's let's dive right into this asshole (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> going head first in this Yummy. asshole Mm-mm-mm. millennials eat ass i guess that's what i've heard um, all right <laughs> so am i the asshole for throwing out my friend's body count board so first what, what do you think a body count board is before i go into this like that sound sounds so weird right like that the name of a body count board 
It's like either they're, they're they're a murderer or they're counting their kill streaks in the fucking Call of Duty game. That was my initial reaction when I was like, "Oh my god, is someone really like putting up their KD ratio?" Like, yeah. <laughs> hey man, <laughs> some people take that really seriously. So I can yes, like, they do. That's why I was like, okay, like that's just sad. So I was like, okay, what what is this about? So here we go. Let's dive into it. So I live in an apartment unit at uni with three of my friends. We get along just fine in every aspect except for one dude who does this absolutely disgusting thing. So friend, um, so yeah, his friend, uh, the the wording, I'm trying to read it verbatim and it doesn't always make sense. So friend thinks it's funny or cool, honestly, I don't know, to pin his used condoms on a bulletin board to show off all the time he's fucked. (laughs) I've asked him a million times to take it down or put it in his own damn room, but he leaves it up in the main living area for everyone to see. In his defense, he washes the condoms, cleans, and dries them. Ugh. That's fucking gross, dude. Just put this shit in your room if you want. Trophy boards are weird. Okay, so the bulletin board itself is really big and really expensive. He's designed it with Supreme stickers and a bunch of other things on it, too. Supreme stickers. (laughs) God, it's telling right now. There's so much to this that's just wrong. This guy bought an expensive bulletin board for this. For this. Okay. So here's the ultimate. This is my favorite sentence in the entire fucking thing because I think it's so bad. So remember, this is every time he's fucked. Okay, so there there is six condoms in total on the board. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I'm sorry, man. (laughs) So he doesn't seem to understand that I don't fucking care if he washes them out or not. It's an eyesore and it's disgusting to leave up for everyone to see. So here is the meat of this story of the dilemma. So yesterday, a girl I've been talking to asked to come study with me at my place and watch a movie afterward. I was super duper fucking excited because this shit never happens to me. So before I left class, I made sure to hide the bulletin board and clean the place up. Later that night, she came over and she was wandered or and she wandered around looking at our dorm while I went to wash my hands. When I came back, the fucking bulletin board was back on the wall and she was staring at it. She looked really uncomfortable and she asked me what it was. I got so nervous and choked up, I turned bright red and explained what it was to her. The rest of the night was awkward and she didn't even stay to watch a movie. I, oh, poor guy. I took, <laughs> I took the bulletin board down after she left, smashed it into small pieces and threw it in the dumpster behind our building. Now, his friend asked me where the board was today and I told him exactly what I did with it. I do feel bad for reacting that way, but I was angry and the body count board was bound to be thrown out one way or another. Am I the asshole? No. Not at all. (laughs) No, fuck no. That's disgusting. That's so gross. Like, come on. That's so gross. But no, 100%, this guy is not the asshole. The asshole is the one who wants to show off the six times he's fucked (laughs) and as like some crazy trophy wall in the living room. Like, come on, man, that's disgusting. I'll give you like just washing them. and stuff. it's like, like I get people like to brag about some things, but I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, why? Like, 
like there you can ha- just write their names down like in a bang book or something, or but just, like, like you don't put need- a notch on his bedpost or some shit, right? Like yeah, keep it old school. Like oh my god, dude, you fucking like okay after so I'm trying to think of like the situation like how the order of operations here, right? So he has sex. He takes the condom off. Does he throw it away in front of the person so that he doesn't seem like a crazy person? Or does he just leave it on? Or does he take it off and like, you know, put it in a fold it up in a nice paper towel for later? Like what what's <laughs> or is he running to the bathroom real quick, going and just running it with water? Oh my god, like, I would hope not. Right? Like what's the what's the situation there? Because the thing is is that he obviously has so much pride that he wants to put it up for everyone to see. And if it's in the living room, all the girls that are coming over to be with him have to see it. It's in the main yep. living room. So and he fucking brags to them about it too. It's like <sighs> he has to. Like that that situation has to have come up. So is he just storing them, saving them after the fact? And like, I, I he probably has like a little Tupperware that he like throws them in real quick. Oh, that's gross! And closes it and keeps it sealed away until they're gone. Ugh, it's a Ziploc baggie, little snack bag. Oh, that's <laughs> even worse. Uh, oh God, yeah, no, this guy. You are not the asshole whatsoever. This guy is a straight up douche for first of all buying Supreme stickers. Second of all, spending so much money on a goddamn bulletin board. And third of all, putting up six used condoms. Like, that... Come on. You could at least, like, just add a bunch on there to make it... Right? If you're going to brag about something, like, make it big. <laughs> yeah. Six? And he's in university already? Come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. It's so weird, though. So fucking gross. No, no, definitely not. Don't do this. Do not do this. If you are thinking about doing this, do yourself a favor. Take that money you're going to buy on a bulletin board, put it in your savings account, and just don't. Just fucking don't. Go use that money to buy more condoms. I don't know. Like, do something else with it. Give it to a homeless person. I don't fucking know. It's disgusting. People are weird. Yeah, people are very strange. All right, let's get back into the big three. We're going to hit up the final dilemma. And this one's a little bit of a longer one. So bear with me as we go through this. All right. So the prisoner's dilemma. It's a classic dilemma that's been used in countless actual like game shows as well, um, which I think is really interesting because it, it this one speaks directly to like the main psychology of the mind. And it's all about self-preservation, which a lot of these dilemma questions are, which, you know, the baby dilemma was too. But this is kind of like on a whole different level because your life isn't at risk. It's really you gaining something from it whether it be money whether it be you know less time in jail like this situation here in front of us but it's for your own personal gain rather than you know life or death situations so it's kind of this is where you see people get really selfish so here we go you are a member of a gang and you have been arrested with another member of your gang Both of you are confined away from each other and you have no way of communicating with the other member. The police does not have enough evidence to convict both of you with major charges and instead offers you and the other member a bargain. You have two choices in this situation. You can remain silent or you can betray the other member and testify that he has committed the crime, pinning it on your partner. So then. 
out of these two potential choices that you can make, there are three outcomes. And this is where it gets kind of confusing. So let's kind of dissect this one right here. So the first outcome is if you betray the other member and he remains silent, you will be set free and he will serve three years in prison. But on the flip side, if he is the one that betrays you and you remain silent, you get three years in prison and they get set free. Okay. Option number two. If you betray the other member and he betrays you too, you both serve two years in prison. So it's one year less. And then the third option is if you and the other member both remain silent, you both only serve one year in prison. Okay. So easy. What's what's your what's your gut? What, what's your I gut don't telling snitch, you? Bro. Yeah, so you're just staying just silent. Stitches. Yep. So you're hoping for the best that like the best possible outcome for you in this situation is option number three, where both of you guys stay quiet and you both just serve one year in prison and just that's it. Yeah, I'd do a year. But here's the thing is like you're you're in a gang and this person has like it's code. You're not supposed to snitch. Because I mean, think about it like this if he snitches or you, when you get out, oh, you're done. There's going to be consequences. And the person that did time is going to be, you know, taken care of when they get out. So, yeah, I won't say shit. I'm protected either way. Three years does suck, though, like if he does snitch on you, but. And it could be like a minor thing. He doesn't have to say a whole lot. He just has to say, like, I didn't do it. He did. That's it. That's all he has to say. And all of a sudden now you get three years and he gets to go home. So it's kind of crazy. Like, this is a tough situation. He'll Maybe be going home to a coffin. <laughs> like, the messed up thing about this situation here is the fact that, like, you have no way of knowing what the other person is doing. So now constantly in your head, like, yes, there is the idea of, like, the like the the code within your group, your gang, right, of you trying to preserve that, that sense of, I guess, um, that sense of duty to each other, right? That sense of family that you've built, that camaraderie. And yeah. you just hope that the other person is going to live up to that and keep that alive. So that way, both of you guys get the best possible outcome. But so what if the three cho- or the three outcomes are not presented to you? Right? So you have no idea what's going to happen whether you remain silent or you testify against the other person. So like if it's laid out to you, if if like let's say in the situation the cops lay out everything 100% just like this. They say if hey, if you guys both stay quiet, then you're only going to get one year in jail. If you rat him out and he doesn't rat you out, then, you know, I mean they would never tell you. They they wouldn't tell you. So you wouldn't even know the potential outcomes of this. So you wouldn't know that the best possible outcome for you guys would be to just both stay quiet and both serve one year in jail and just be done with this, right? So I think like your mind would be racing a million miles a minute and like how much can you potentially trust this other person that's not you that has their own, you know, well-being that they're trying to preserve like their own self-preservation is going to be kicking in while yours is too right like i think the most common outcome that's going to happen from this if you get people in a room is going to be option number two 
or outcome number two, where they both betray each other and they both serve two years in prison, which is better than, you know, you serving three years in prison. But at the same time, while you're in jail, you both know that you threw each other under the bus. So like it in the long run, it's going to cause a lot of issues. Like there's just no doubt about that. But I think that's going to be like from looking at how society is now, I think that is the most likely outcome to come from this whole situation is outcome number two. Outcome number one seems a lot less likely because you need someone who is very, very like to the core, like I'm not going to say shit and you can't get anything out of me. And then the other person who's going to be thinking about self-preservation is, you know, obviously going to throw you under the bus, which I think is very likely. The likelihood of someone being thrown under the bus is super, super high. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look at it like this, right? If I'm if I'm doing, you know, illegal things with this person, I would come up with a scenario before we, you know, actually do anything. I'm like, you know, if we get busted, you know. We say nothing. You say nothing. I mean, if you wanted, if, and, but I would come up with a backup plan, right? So I would come up with a scenario that like, okay, we don't say anything, but if they want to hear something, just create like a story, but that doesn't incriminate either of you, right? Be like, yeah, I was there, but I didn't, you know, I we didn't do anything. We saw this other dude mm-hmm. there run out. And, you know, you just come up with a common trait that you guys can both say, mm-hmm. you know. But, I mean, this obviously, hopefully the person that you're with is, like, loyal to that, which that, you never yeah. know. But, yeah. I mean, if you're already in a gang, you would kind of hope they would be like that because they know there's consequences to it. Um. But I mean, even if I didn't know the outcomes, I still would just remain silent. Well, here's the flip side on that, right? Like if thinking about it from the side point of you both are already in a gang, you both have already committed potentially illegal actions besides this one, right? And you probably have kind of screwed someone else over in a different situation. Like, I think that would kind of weigh heavy on my mind. And I would constantly be thinking back to those situations where, like, how trustworthy and loyal are these people truly, right? Whenever they've done something similar to someone else, right? Like, and it might not be, you know, it might not be someone that's in the gang, but the fact that they've done it to someone else or they've, you know, acted on their own self-preservation before thinking about others, right? Like, there's that whole idea that would be going on because it it is portrayed that you guys are in a gang. You have already committed actions like this before in the past. You just happen to get caught this time. Well, kind of caught because they don't have enough evidence for both of you. Only one person can potentially get in real trouble for it. So it's, it's kind of a tough one right there where like, I, I don't know what I would do in that situation, honestly, because I, I feel like I might just stay quiet regardless of the thought because that would just be like the easier option right yeah so i'm thinking about like the the potentials like like you said like if you did rat and then everyone else hears that you like the your buddy is now in jail serving three years and for some reason you're out on the streets 
Like, it's kind of obvious what happened in that situation. I mean, right? I bet you that person will somehow come up with a great lie saying like, oh, yeah, he he took the heat for me. We we talked about it beforehand, like he took the heat. But here's the thing is that people can still communicate while they're in prison. So, yeah, you you like I would be able to call, you know, a homie and be like, hey, like this guy snitched on me. I didn't say shit. And, you know, there's there's even ways for, you know, gangs to find out. Because they know people, they, they know guards and stuff. They can mm-hmm. get that information, you know. So I mean, in a sense, like there's you can't really hide it, mm-hmm. you know. Because here's the thing too: is if they're gonna snitch, because they know they'd be in danger, they would probably go to protective custody, which mm. obviously is a big red flag right there. Yep, yep. Because if they were in general population and word got out. That's just dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Be dangerous. And no one's going to do that. No one's going to try and play the that kind of role unless they're like yoked out of their mind. But I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough here. Like it's just. I, I feel like, yeah, I would probably end up not saying much of anything in that situation. So. I mentioned earlier that this this dilemma has been played out in game shows as well. Um, and there's a really famous British TV game show called Golden Balls, <laughs> of course. Uh, Balls? <laughs> yeah. So, But it's where each contestant is basically put up against this, um, this situation, right? Where they have to either choose to steal the money or split the money. Right. And it's exactly the same kind of situation where if both players decide to steal the money, then they get nothing. I believe if they both decide to split it, then they get like they split the hundred thousand dollars right down the middle. Each person gets 50 grand. Everybody goes home one winner. Um, But if one person decides to steal and the other person decides to split, the one who decides to steal gets all of the money, all 100K and the other person goes home with nothing. So, th- this I mean, that's show, a little different, you know. It's a little different, but it's. It, it, I would say it's different just because it has to deal with money. But the choices are the same, right? Where the best possible outcome is split, which would be also like you know, would be you guys both remaining silent, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think I think if you both choose steal, then you get nothing as well, right? I think that's how it goes. So that which would be kind of option number two, where you both go home with nothing. So really, the only way to make money is either you steal the whole pot or you split the pot. So and the the messed up thing about this game show, though, is that they do take one bit out of the, the dilemma where they're not asked the question separately. They're actually sitting at a table looking each other in the face and saying what decision they're going to make before revealing the choice that they actually made. So they have time to discuss it with the other person. And it's usually a stranger. They don't know this person. And it's it got really, really messed up. And like it's actually been studied a lot in game theory and um, a lot of psychology stuff. It's actually really interesting to see what some people were doing in the show, where people were flat out saying, don't worry. I got like they're crying while saying this, like 
Don't worry. Like, I know both of our families really need this money. We're both going to go home happy. Trust me. I'm going to pick split. I got you. We're both going to leave happy. And then all of a sudden that person reveals that they chose to steal and they convince the person who has a, you know, a shed of morality in their in their body to split. And now they go home with absolutely nothing. And it's just so fucked up and just insane to see like how like easily some of these people can just flat out fucking lie and not just lie, but like truly show like genuine emotion and remorse and empathy towards the other person and just really play it up and just deceive and just manipulate the other person in front of them. So it's, it's kind of crazy, which I really enjoy that like the show's fun to watch because of the drama involved, but it is this situation, but just minus the idea of not knowing what the other person's going to do, which I think actually makes it harder to believe them whenever they tell you to your face what they're going to do. It's a good show, though. It's a good dilemma. Be a fun watch, I think. Yeah. Everyone should check it out. Watch it. See what you think. Because it is intense. It gets mm. really heated and really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> like Emotions run rampant in that show. So I... These dilemmas are really, really tough to deal with. And I absolutely love these dilemmas, including the trolley problem. And like I mentioned in the beginning of the episode, that these are the big three dilemma questions, right? Like when people think moral dilemma questions, these are the hard hitters. These are the ones that really strike the most emotion, really get the most like rise out of people because they really hearken down to the true like fight or flight, the self-preservation at its core and i think that it's because of the way it's worded and how it's presented to you where there is a direct like action or like you know like the cause and effect that goes on there is very very clear like yes we can throw in a lot of different situations like we did with the baby um dilemma that like other potential outcomes that you could have other potential choices that you could have but that's not the spirit of the question the spirit of the questions here are this is the action that you are performing and this is what is going to happen right and i think that <clears throat> is what makes these questions so much more intense and so much more interesting to think about because the cause and effect is so very clear like, yes, in the real world, those are potential outcomes, but there's so many other variables that we don't know about that could potentially happen that would throw wrenches in all of these situations. It's just, I find more interesting and probably just easier to understand the problems whenever you break it down to that core essence of here is a clear action, here is a clear result, this is what is going to happen and that really triggers the whole like spirit of it of looking at uh, self-preservation and you know you know the one for the many and all that all that jazz and all that fun stuff so but i these are these are just really great questions and i think it really helps like kind of determine how people are and i think these are actually even used in like psychopath tests which is really interesting too to hmm. see um, how like 
what kind of empathy people have. And actually, I think that might be a really fun future episode for us to do. And uh, there's a, either like the psychopath test or the Turing test, too, to tell if you're a robot oh, or not. Yeah. That would be pretty cool. So maybe we'll do that in, in the near future. That might be a good one to check out. And if you guys want to see that kind of an episode or let, have us go into those kind of dilemmas or those situations, uh, hit us up. And you can always reach out to us on the socials and all that fun stuff. You can find us on Murder of Grey uh, on Instagram. That's where we are the most active. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, please help us out by sharing the show with a friend because that is the best way to get the word out there. Um, you know, advertisement and promotion for podcasts is hard and there's a lot of shows out there. So word of mouth is the best way to help us out in the long run. But anyway, that's going to do it for us. We hope that you enjoyed our deep dive into the other two of the big three moral dilemmas out there. Um, and just thanks for joining us this week. And we look forward to chatting with you next week as we dive further into the recesses of our own mind to find out who we are as a people. All right. Well, see you guys next time. Bye. Later. Later.